Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. You're with Breakfast with Lin Lee. We all know that search and rescue work following natural disasters can be challenging and sometimes even treacherous. But thanks to technology, that could potentially be eased. Just hours after the deadly earthquake struck Turkey and Syria in February, one team from Singapore, from the Earth Observatory of Singapore, jumped into action to build maps that show the extent of damage in those afflicted regions. And these damage proxy maps are developed from raw satellite data in a bid to guide rescue and aid work on Ground Zero. This morning on Morning Shot, to help us better understand the team's efforts, we are joined by Associate Professor Yun Sang Ho, Director at NTU Singapore's Earth Observatory of Singapore and Remote Sensing Lab. Welcome to the show, Professor. Thank you, Lin Lee, for having me. Very good morning to you. Could you simplify things for us? How exactly does it work? How do you tell which areas are most in need of rescue and aid with the damage proxy maps that you have? Sure. We make disaster maps using radar signals sent out by satellites that are in space orbiting around the Earth. The radar signal from the satellites is like a radio signal from the show. Mm. Um, you can listen to Money FM show on a cloudy, hazy, or rainy day, mm-hmm. or, or even at night, if you like. Mm-hmm. When you listen to the radio, you don't worry about weather conditions or lack of daylight. That's because the signal penetrates clouds and darkness. The satellites we use have an antenna that transmits a radar signal down to the Earth's surface. When the signal hits the Earth's surface, it gets reflected into all directions. And some of them goes back to the satellite and is captured by the same antenna, and we produce an image out of it. And now large earthquakes change the roughness of the Earth's surface, including Mm -hmm. buildings. Mm. The roughness change, or in this case, damaged building, changes the reflected radar signal. So we, we compare the before and after radar images, then we know something happened in a certain areas. Are there specific terrain features or conditions you look out for? So radar signals sensitive to roughness change or electrical property of the ground or whatever is on the ground, including the building or, or trees, the natural terrain. Mm-hmm. Because we compare the before and after image that was taken from the same imaging geometry, the impact of the typical specific terrain is quite minimized and is very conducive to change detection. Let's take the Turkey and Syria earthquakes as an example. How much did the area change as a result of the quake and its aftershocks? So when we created our maps, it was clear that the damage was widespread. For example, we observed particularly strong and widespread signals in Antakya, the city that was reported by the New York Times, Washington Post, and many other media to have lost civilization. And um, how challenging is it to analyze all of that? Well, the, the basic technology is pretty mature, but I see there is still much room for further improvement. Because radar signals are not visible to our eyes, we have to use math, computers, and imagination to picture what would happen and try new things. With such natural disasters, I would assume that you get new information trickling in very often, maybe every few 
uh, minutes every few hours. How do you ensure that the uh, data that you're analyzing and the maps created using those data are accurate and, and kept robust? How do you update it yeah. that frequently? Yeah, that's a very important point. Before publishing our maps, we almost always compare and calibrate them using independent information. Sometimes it's a small piece of high-resolution optical imagery. Sometimes it's crowdsourced handful number of points. And sometimes just anecdotal story of damaged buildings in the news media. We sometimes update our maps when more accurate information becomes available, but we more often update our maps when more advanced data processing is done, which, is, which usually takes about several more hours. Hmm. And I understand that you've been doing this for 14 years and you were formerly with NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So with all these maps that you've done from the 2018 Sulawesi earthquake and tsunami and the 2022 Tonga volcano eruption and now the Turkey and uh, Syria earthquakes, how different is it each time? And what does your experience tell you about the scale of the recent quakes? Uh, yes, I, I've been developing methods for rapid disaster response support using radar satellites. And the methods have been stress tested for mm. each event. And, and all events are very different from a response perspective. And, and they bring new lessons and, and new challenges. Mm-hmm. And certainly the, the recent Turkey-Syria quake caused the largest fatality among the events that I supported. Okay, in terms of the methods and the technology, how do you think things have developed since you first started 14 years ago? It's a long story. Uh, We're here. <laughs> yes. Uh, we started applying our simple algorithm at first on a building demolition site in Pasadena, California, and we saw the great potential. Oh, my God. We even detected single-family house room expansion project. Mm-hmm. Somebody expanded their room in their backyard, wow. and that was captured by, by radar satellite. So we saw that, wow, this really works. So since then, we've been adding a lot of features, and we've been adding more complexity to improve the sensitivity and signal to signal strength compared to the, the noise level. So, so far, we've been quite successful, I can say. Okay, what goes through your mind when you map these aftermaths of such natural disasters and hazards? So when I started working on the project over a decade ago, I had a very specific hope to rapidly pinpoint damaged buildings and provide direct guidance to rescue operations on the ground and wanted to hear that our map saved lives. And I still have that hope. Mm. But I also learned how valuable these maps are for response and recovery and help decision-making with information based on observations. Remember, decision-makers need to make decisions Mm -hmm. uh, driven by time with whatever information is available on their tables. And they need to know not only which areas to send rescue teams, but also how many tents, water bottles, food supplies, medicine, and other life support to send. Okay, so so we've been talking about damage proxy maps after earthquakes, after natural disasters have happened. Coming back to Turkey, with its biggest city lying on a major fault line, are there ways to perhaps map potential future hazards in order to reduce the scale of damage? I believe the answer is yes. The geodetic data collected by satellites and GNSS stations and seismic data collected by uh, seismometers help us calculate the the stress changes caused by the earthquakes. 
So in a relative sense, we can estimate future hazards and, and help better prepare for similar events in the area. All right. Thank you very much for your insights. Associate Professor Yun Sang Ho, Director at NTU Singapore's Earth Observatory of Singapore and Remote Sensing Lab. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lindley. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.